Welcome to the Spa Girls podcast, the self-publishing podcast for authors. You're in the right place for the best writing, marketing and publishing advice, plus interviews with industry experts and best-selling authors. I'm Cheryl Phipps. I'm Shah Barrett. I'm Wendy Vella. And I'm Trudy J. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hi. Hello. And this week, we are very lucky to have Dan Wood with us from Draft Digital. We're very excited. Say hello. Hey, Dan. Hello, Hi, everybody. Dan. Hi, Dan. Good to be here. Uh, so Dan is going to give us all the ins and outs of Draft Digital, but first of all, I'm going to gonna, first of all, I am going to read out his bio, and then um, we'll get right into the the rest of the interview. Um, so we've got Dan Wood, Chief Operating Officer at Draft Digital, which is one of the best known. Distri- oh my gosh, I can't speak today. No, distributors. You choose your word. Choose my words. Okay, I'll just have to take a deep breath. Distributors for ebooks, oh. print books, and audiobooks. Dan manages the customer support, marketing, business development, and operations teams at Draft Digital. I don't know how you have any time to do anything else if no. you're managing that many <laughs> different teams, but anyway. Um, he also works with merchandisers at various sales channels to help promote authors, and he's the guy that goes to all the conferences through the year and knows pretty much everyone in the self-publishing industry. Say hello. Oh, it's true. Welcome, Dan. So true. <laughs> Although we did just I, establish. I have a fun job. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get to travel. We did just establish that you don't go to all the conferences anymore. You used to go up to like 20 plus last time we talked to you. Yeah, I, I used to be on the road for half the year, and now mm-hmm. it's more like a third of the year. Oh. oh. <laughs> I think we've met you at a few conferences over the years. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sure. Kind of all over the world, too. It's yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So um last time we interviewed was episode one seven two and it was back in two thousand and nineteen. So Wow. Oh, really? Four times. Was it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> the happened. way back when. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so um before uh, we want to talk to you about all the changes that, that have happened with draft draft to digital. I'm just gonna call it DCD, like that's what I'm yeah. gonna call it from that's now on. Fine um, by me. Um, and since since we last spoke to you, but first of all, just for anyone listening who who's not really sure exactly what you guys do, can you just give the the real basic over overarching description? Yeah, the simplest way to think of us is we're who you go to to get everywhere else besides Amazon. Uh, mm. We are a distributor or an aggregator. Uh, we have a big platform that's made to help you distribute yes, mainly your eBooks and help you get everywhere all the different platforms. And so that's going to be the major other di- digital retailers like Apple Books, Kobo, Barnes & Noble. Uh, the German market is Tolino. Uh, we also go into like all kinds of different library services. So if you want to get your eBooks into libraries, like in the US and many of the global markets, Overdrive is the way to get into them. Uh, BorrowBox for Australia and New Zealand is pretty big. Uh, you know, we get into Hoopla, which is also another. There's so many different library distribution points, and we love that. We really love getting into the library systems. And now we've also got a lot of uh, subscription services. So other people have tried to compete in that market that Kindle Unlimited focuses on because obviously people like subscription services for their media. You can see people using Netflix and Spotify and all those different things. So books are no different. And so we work with companies like Scribd, which has now rebranded to Everend. So you might have seen that name around. That's just Scribd. Uh, they're kind of splitting out their document sharing service from their book subscription service. And then other subscription platforms that are a little bit smaller throughout the world. And then we also, uh, like that, well, that's our main business model. That's kind of how we make most of our revenue. Uh, we have now delved into a, a lot of different uh, services that we provide. We have some of them like our universal book links and books to read that are free for authors and you can use it, you know, no matter what, you don't have to be distributing through draft to digital. Um, and that just helps you find the links for your book on various retailers and then share a single link so that you can have a social media. And then when the reader clicks on the link, they will see a list of stores that they might want to buy from. Once they've clicked on their preferred storefront, then it just always will take them to that storefront if they've use any of your other links that you share there. Mm-hmm. Um, we recently acquired selfpubbookcovers.com. So we're helping uh, authors find uh, book covers at reasonable prices because that's a barrier we've seen for some of the indies when they're first getting started. It's trying to find a good book cover and not spend an arm and a leg on it. Uh, obviously, we just acquired Smashwords. I'm sure we'll go into a lot more detail about that. Um, 
we're in the process of migrating Smashwords users over onto our distribution platform. But with Smashwords, we also gained our own retailer. And so we have our own storefront now, and that's becoming a bigger and bigger part of our business. Outside of ebooks, we now do print and we've opened that to everybody. So, you know, if you don't have a print book, we can help you with that. You actually get support and that reaches many of the worldwide markets. Uh, and we're even uh, working with Apple to experiment with digital narration. So that's going to be, if you've been interested in making an audiobook out of your book, Apple has a program where they will do that for free. Um, and make a digital version of your book that you can distribute to Apple. And they're going to be allowing those also be distributed and sold on library platforms soon. Mm. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Wow. Mm. So just wow. a couple of things going on. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I even forgot one. Uh, we also, uh, a year or two ago, we acquired author email. And so we're working on building an email service that is made for authors and it's not so expensive because many of you are using uh, people like MailerLite and uh, MailChimp yeah. and, you know, they built a lot of tools for a lot of small businesses and medium sized businesses, but the way authors use email is very different. And so author email has been uh, doing email services for authors now for about five or six years. Uh, and that brought in uh, Nick Thacker onto our team. And so he's running that effort and just providing a much cheaper solution that pro you know, provides you all the things you might need as an author, but not all the tools that you wouldn't need and have to pay a lot of extra for. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's right. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's another thing to add all to all the other things. So, <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's dive deep in, deeper into some of those things. So let's maybe, I don't know, let's start with Smashwords because I think that was a, a big deal for you guys to, to get that. So, um so what does it mean now that you've got Smashwords on board? Like what are the the benefits for authors in terms of, of having that there as part of your stable? Yeah, that's right. You know, we, we've known for a long time that Smashwords had a very similar view of the industry and of authors and really were just trying to help authors. And so we had been for years reaching out to them, wanting to work with them because we had a lot of books that we knew our authors would like to distribute on Smashwords store, um, which, you know, the fantastic place for especially right now like romance and er erotica it's one of the the better storefronts and it still accepts a lot of the different content that some of the other re retailers are no longer accepting and so we wanted to get our books onto there so we reach out every so often and then uh once it was 20 the end of 2021 we kind of reached out again and Mark Coker wanted to talk. And so we started talking and we just saw a lot of synergy between our businesses. You know, at their heart, they were also a, a distributor and doing, um, you know, helping people get their books into all the different retailers. Um, you know, we thought, why, why are we kind of like doing this all alone when we could combine our, our resources? I dropped to digital. We had built like so many different tools to help do that and to make it just much easier, I think. Uh, than their platform had been in the past. Um, you know, one thing we were known for was that we have a free EPUB generator. And so we could take the, the Word documents and convert them into all the different file formats you would need. And it was much easier than the meat grinder. And so that kind of is why a lot of people switched over to us in the first place. And so we're kind of in the middle of, for our authors and authors that have been with Smashwords, we are migrating um, their accounts over to the draft digital platform where, where they'll have access to all the different tool sets that we built to help with managing when you've got a big catalog and help you with uh, making the EPUB if you're not using a program like Bellum or Atticus. Um, kind of on top of that, it gives all of the draft digital users access to some things that we didn't have, like the storefront uh, coupon codes that you can use to smash with store. Um, so it's really a win-win for everybody. Mm. Um, we just started at the end of this last year, uh, migrating accounts over. And so we're kind of starting with kind of the simplest accounts for us to migrate are when people don't ha have not already had a draft digital account. Mm. And so we've already migrated several thousand of those accounts over to our system. Uh, those authors get access to a lot of cool stuff. Like they no longer have to just get paid through PayPal. They can get paid through four or five different ways. 
like international direct deposit, Payoneer, um, check even. Uh, we just have a lot of different uh, ways for authors to be paid that are a lot quicker than PayPal. And so that's been great to be able to offer that to everybody. And throughout this year, we're going to be working on moving. You know, We hope to be done with the migration by the end of 2024 and just get everyone migrated over. For the authors that had ac accounts on both, we're trying to make sure that we combine everything down to just one account. And so you're not going to have to log into two different websites to manage everything. Um, you know, with Smashwords, if you had pen names, you would have to have separate accounts for those. We'll be able to merge mm -hmm. those into one account on Draft to Digital. So I think a lot of people are really going to love that. Mm -hmm. And they kind of go from there. Um, it really brings a lot of, you know, we already, Draft to Digital added about three different uh, new distribution platforms that Smashwords had been working with for a while. And so we got those contracts and we're able to make those available to all the Draft to Digital users. Smashwords users are able to get into things like Tolino and a couple of different ones that we had that Smashwords did not. Um, so it's kind of really broadening the reach of all indie authors and our combined size makes it easier for us to negotiate for more and more uh, new uh, distribution options. Mm -hmm. It helps us to negotiate better terms for the indie authors. Um, you know, for Smashwords authors, they're not necessarily used to Smashwords had always done kind of a opt out by default. Uh, whereas with Draft to Digital, we never opt you into anything. And so if you start using Draft to Digital, you get to choose exactly where we send your books. And so if you've already got your book live at uh, like Koba, uh, then you don't have to worry about us actually sending it to them and making a duplicate listing. If we add a new distributor, we always ask you if you want us to add your books to that distributor or not. Uh, we give you an easy button to to hit that if you want to send all your books there you can uh if you just want to send one by one you can do that as well mm. yeah very user friendly yeah has it been a smooth process like are authors experiencing kind of issues around the the merging or is it, it it's been remarkably smooth but slower than we had wanted like we had hoped to be much further along at this point but there's just so many little gotchas to doing all this and we want to make sure that we do as much of the work on our end as possible mm -hmm. we're not making authors have to spend a lot of their time because we'd much prefer that authors are just writing um so yeah it, it, it's been we have a really great developer team and they have been really trying to think of everything and especially since the the pandemic we went to remote work and so a lot of the people we've been hiring over the last two years are also authors themselves or people from the indie community. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we get to kind of, you know, they've allowed us to test on their books. You know, we've, oh, we've always had authors <laughs> like Mark Lefebvre and um, yeah. Kevin Tomlinson up until recently. Um, so we've always had like our own books to experiment with, mm -hmm. um, but now we have so many more of those. So that's been great and lets us work out all the kinks ahead of time. Yeah. yeah. So did wow. you say um, there were, more than a million books now that you've merged is that right yes yeah, yeah we just uh i think two months ago we crossed the threshold when we merged we were at about nine hundred thousand books that we distributed and now we're over a million which is just you know i never thought we'd see that day so yeah. that's incredible because i think draft to digital was somewhere around three hundred thousand, and smashwords had about six hundred thousand. and so just the combination of those forces and uh, you know especially as we move everyone over there's going to be a lot of cost savings to us and managing all these different uh, sources and we'll have I, I can't wait to have like their developers free to do a lot more work on uh you know we want to make the smashwords store better as far as search capability mm -hmm. more user friendly mm -hmm. you know, maybe update the look of the site a little bit and so we're excited about getting to do all that stuff yeah, yeah. Well, it does, definitely fun. does need a bit of a revamp, doesn't it? When you compare it to yeah. Draft Digital, which is pretty. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and easy to use. Yeah, we've definitely gotten that feedback from a lot of yeah. authors. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh, that's pretty exciting. Is there anything Very. more that you wanted to add about Smash Moods and Draft Digital? Is there any other 
Has anyone got any questions? I think it covers everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just a process that's going to happen, but it's exciting. Like that's a yeah, lot of, really a lot of yeah. books. Um, I, and the facility to get them into more libraries, I think, is huge for authors because mm. I think for most of us, we, you kind of feel like it's such an untapped um, mm. uh, resource yeah. and yeah. place for place for our readers to go. And a lot of people st- are still so heavily into libraries, thank goodness. Yeah, and, you know, it just gives them an opportunity to mm. find us. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I think a lot of people underestimate like the discoverability factor of libraries, and I think it, it's good just right now in the present. But I think there's going to be generations of readers like me that grew up going to the library and mm-hmm. not necessarily being able to afford to buy books back then when I was younger, but then went on to buy all the books of you know mm-hmm. the, the books I loved when I was a kid uh, and when I finally had a job where I could afford to do so, and then following those authors. And so I, I think I, I'm a big fan of libraries, grew up mm-hmm. fairly poor, and so didn't have the same sort of access. And libraries gave me access to the whole world yeah yeah, so yeah, yeah libraries mm-hmm. is where it all began for me mm-hmm. <laughs> i love it reading yeah and, and then i like, they have like the the digital audiobooks you can listen to which is you know yeah mm-hmm. you don't even have to go into the library you can just check things out on your phone and that yeah. blows my mind mm. yeah 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 exactly. that's crazy um, I don't like giving books back though. I used to get massive library fines. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why does it not surprise? No, it's going to say that. None of us are surprised by that, No, no way. I know. Um, so, so we know that you're um, distributing the books for for authors, and that's awesome. But there's there's loads of other stuff that you guys do, and so one of them you've already mentioned is um, the books to read. Um, uh, promotional, like the links and everything. So, can you go over that a little bit for people listening? Like, explain a little bit more in depth and what what the opportunities are there and how that all works. Yeah, we early on uh, in around 2014, we we saw that a lot of indie authors were sharing when their books went live. Uh, you know, sharing a link for their readers to follow them on social media to buy, but they would frequently just share the Amazon link. Uh, and so we wanted to solve that because, you know, we think that there should be more retailers and we don't want to, uh, unfortunately, when too much power is in the hands of one retailer, that retailer generally uses that power to squeeze more and more margins out of it. Um, and so we knew like it, it, it's a pain, like you didn't want to be making seven or eight different posts as you got a link for Apple, as you got a link for Barnes and Noble. Um, and you didn't know how visible those were going to be because of the way the algorithms work on social media. Uh, so we, we wanted to make something and you can think of it kind of like if you've ever used a link shortener like bit.ly where, uh, it's a books to read link. Um, if you don't select, um, you know, if, if you just use that link, it's generally going to be like a, a random sequence of numbers and characters like books to read.com slash something. Uh, but you can, if, if, uh, choose a choose your own like wording for the link if it's already not used. So, like for instance, you could set up a books to read link that's the name of your book uh, or the name of your series or something like that. Um, and so you go to the books to read.com site and you can set up as many of these links as you want. They're free. Um, you can just provide us a link to your book on one of the retailers like Amazon. And then we would go search the other retailers to find the links on all of those different retailers. That's going to be for the ebook where we do that automatically. Uh, you can add in like your own print links. Um, although you do have to do that manually and just where you get the link because the print links are a little bit harder to find. And now we're starting to also accept audiobook links. And so it just gives you a, a link that you can then share on your social media. And it gives the readers access to any of the retailers they want to hit. Uh, and once they've used one of the books to read links once, we know exactly where to send them. And so it's just like they're clicking on a direct link to the retailer after that. Mm-hmm. You get some um, different stats about you know how often the link is being clicked on and everything. So it's just a really easy way to make sure readers can find your book everywhere uh, because, you know, Again, we want to save authors as much time as possible because we know indie authors are doing the work of about 10 to 20 different people that they usually would have you know, yeah. given that work over to a publisher. It's also yeah. going to save the reader a lot of time too because suddenly it with does. one cl- 
click, they've got all these opportunities to buy a book in a different format that they hadn't considered until they went to that link and saw that it was perhaps available in print or audio. And, you know, they don't have to search for it. It's right there. Mm, Very handy. Yeah. So can you use them for Facebook ads or is that, we know, is that a question I can ask? I'm pretty sure you could. Um, You you can, eh? I think. I want to say you can, Mm. um, but I'm not positive. Mm. I just wonder, sometimes there's problems with the links that you use. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that's cool. And so with that, there's also in there, um, in Bookstory, there's um, other things that you can do. So there's not just the universal book link. I've got new release notifications. Yeah. We we have an option to let you, you can add links in your the end of your book to let readers sign up. Like for people that don't have an email newsletter list of their own, uh, we, you know we do encourage people to have their own uh, newsletter because that can be very important. You kind of want to own as much access as you can to your readers, um, but it just kind of lets people know. Like as a a new book goes live. Uh, we email that reader when the link on their preferred uh, Phil's channel goes live. Um, just kind of lets them know. You know, unlike Amazon, we actually do send those out uh, as soon as we get the links. You, know, you don't have to worry about those notifications actually being sent to anybody. Um, on top of that, Bookstory, we have we built some like bookshelves where you can make custom bookshelves. So if you want to share like a just kind of a, a website or web page your readers of some books that you like or you know like let, let's say you want to share a link of writing craft books that have really helped you uh to your author friends you can make a custom bookshelf and decide you know what book is featured and then all the books they're showing on that custom bookshelf just something to make it really easy and then that's all built on the books three technology so those will all have links to all the different retailers it's making it really really simple to share something to readers yeah that's cool. Yeah, um, really cool. And did you mention author pages? Yeah, you did. No, so you do I don't think page. I have yet. No, and the the author page can be thought of like, um, you know, Amazon has um, what do they call it? Is that Author Central? Yeah. Yeah, you'll you'll have your author page on Amazon, and so we wanted to kind of recreate that experience for wide authors, so that they have a place where they can share a link. Uh, they can control and have, you know, like a photo of themselves. They can have their social media links, links to their email newsletter, just making it really easy. So if they didn't have the sort of skill set to set up their own website yet, um, that we made it where they had a page that they could share with readers that would get them access to all the different things you would find on an author's landing page on Amazon, links to all their books, just making that really, really easy. Mm, that's cool and that's a cool thing to be able to share out into the world as well so mm. that's yeah that's mm. just another option isn't it yeah yeah what's so the promotion yeah, the, sorry the hard part is always the marketing and so mm-hmm. just trying to make as many marketing tools as can be possible yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. that's awesome and so you want to i know you want to ask about promotions Wendy. i was just asking what sort of promotional opportunities there are on draft the digital for authors yeah we have been working now with the different digital retailers for about 10 years on different promotion opportunities. And so, yeah, I, I think a lot of people write into our customer support and asking us what we do to market books. And ultimately, the marketing is up to you. Mm-hmm. But we do try to make sure authors know about different promotional opportunities. We are always pushing our content and looking at, you know, if, if we have books that are selling well on Barnes & Noble, it's a good chance they're going to sell well on Apple as well. And so letting the different uh, merchandisers and sales uh, people at our, our, our partners know about those books. And so we do have a promotions newsletter you can sign up for. Uh, we let people know whenever they have books that qualify. So what, what I mean by that is let's say we have a promotion at Overdrive. Uh, if you are using us for Overdrive, we will notify you about that promotion. Some of the uh, some of the promotions will be a little bit more specific. Like they might be uh, a certain subgenre of romance on Apple, and so if you've got books that are live at Apple that are in that genre, we will let you know. Uh, and then you just basically um, will fill out a form uh, that we have, kind of lets us know you're interested. Um, 
also know if you agree to if there are any stipulations like some of the promotions will ask you to lower the price of your book for uh, like a week um which by the way you can do on draft to digital ahead of time you can schedule pricing promotions mm -hmm. and it will yeah. get all that information to the retailer uh they can lower the price on the day of the promotion and then raise it back exactly when you the when the promotion is over and so is that uh, quite a fast process like you know, if you, yes. if you change it the price compared to some of the others, I yeah. love it. I it, love it. It, it. It's kind of a back-end thing that's part of the whole system of, of how we distribute. Um, and so as long as you send those price changes to the retailers ahead of time, they can process them and they know about them and they can automate it on their end. Unlike like, you know, if, if you made a price change right this moment, it would probably take... Uh, some of the retailers would have it done in two hours and some of them would probably not be done for another 48 hours. Mm -hmm. That's why we send it ahead of time. So they have plenty of time to go ahead and process the file so and, is there a and time they frame, note it in their system. Is there a time frame you recommending? Like two days? Or? Um, yeah, uh, I think two days is generally a pretty safe. Um, mm -hmm. Because like some of the retailers don't process stuff on weekends. Um you know, if there is a holiday that you're aware of coming up, ho holidays can also delay processing files. And so it's always good to get the information to them as soon as possible. And also I would add here to Alison is that um, if you want to do a price match on Amazon, you have to make sure that those prices are changed on the other platforms. And it also gives you um, proof that it has because you can get those links, check the prices and send those through to Amazon when you send the links to the stores that you want them to change your price to. Mm-hmm. Just another job for authors. <laughs> <laughs> I have a standard letter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By Amazon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is, so is that everything you can do in books to read? Is there anything that I've forgotten or not? I, I think so at this point. I mean, we keep adding things to books to read, so I have actually lost track of some of the different yeah, stuff. Yeah. But we did. I think we covered all the major stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the most important thing is having that one link to to all of the options. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You just I, click on it and it goes, which store do you want to go to? It's great. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, such yeah. a simple link. And the fact that you can personalize like, it too is great. Yeah, it's great. We, we have some YouTube videos for people that are really want to get more deeply into that. We've made some tutorials about the different books three features because mm -hmm. uh, it is kind of, it's been an expanding tool set. And so, uh, like I said, at this point, I don't remember everything it does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it you guys are longer. Real, sorry, you go, Trudy. I was going to say it takes longer for some of the th the links to find each other. Is that, yeah. that to get up yeah. onto that thing? I, that's one thing I did notice. Yeah, um, I didn't some, know some of the retailers there. are a little bit slower. Um, like their websites are a little bit slower to respond, mm. um, and some of them actively fight uh, web scraping or web crawling, and so we're always having to kind of adjust uh, the way our software works for like some of the names, like Amazon is the worst offender where, you know, while they are crawling everyone else's website to see exactly what prices are on their competitors, they don't want anyone crawling theirs. And so. Mm -hmm. The big behemoth. <laughs> Funny that. Yep. Anyway. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's cool. So you guys are a real one-stop shop for a newbie, aren't you? Like, I mean, it's the best exactly. place to go because you can do, if you're clueless about this process, which we were when we first started, there's no getting around that, but we didn't have this option. Um, mm -hmm. But you guys, really, you just can, you can format through you guys. You can do everything, can't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what we wanted to do was just make it as simple as possible because there were so many uh, authors starting to either get their rights back kind of at the beginning of the indie mm. revolution, but they just, did, they didn't know how to publish and they didn't, you know, back then you would have to buy very expensive tools to make EPUBs. Um, and now you don't have to do any of that. You look at the progress we've made in the last 10 years and yeah. it's phenomenal. You know, services like us, uh, book funnel, um, Bellum, like just making things very simple for authors. And I think there's so much for an author to learn that um, well, we we actually plug you on the, the podcast quite a lot. It, when you're starting out, we say, go to Amazon, sure, but then go to somewhere like Draft2Digital, and we all use Draft2Digital, um, yeah. because it just makes life so much easier if you yeah. only have to learn two platforms yeah. as opposed to all the things. Yeah, and I think... And, so you, know, we, 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 you go. I just, you know, we, we saw that a lot of our 
competitors and a lot of the different players out in this, the industry just weren't doing customer support. Mm-hmm. And so just making sure we had people that were actually reading the emails and responding to what you were asking rather than having kind of form letters that we sent out mm-hmm. that were just kind of generic answers to everything. Mm-hmm. You know, we've maintained uh, phone support. Uh, so, cause we know that there's just times when it's just easier to talk about a problem with a person mm-hmm. over the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you've got great help desk. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And that's, that's big. I think for me that oh, huge is a game changer. Like if I had two cut two options, if one had better customer support, I'd be there every day of the week, you know, but mm-hmm. it's, um, that's a big deal. That'd be annoying. Yeah. And I can be so annoying. <laughs> oh, we know. Oh, oh we know. <laughs> but I think even be better is, is that there's no barrier like cost, is there, to getting a drafted digital account. It's, it's, it's just that easy of is filling in all the details, isn't it? Yeah. For a very long time, we didn't want to charge authors for anything. You know, now as we expand it to, to, into some services. Mm-hmm. We are starting and like getting into print, you've got to have certain charges, but mm-hmm. we're trying to keep those charges as low as possible because we want to just kind of eliminate the, that barrier to entry of needing money. And we think the industry and the world are a better place the more authors we can create mm-hmm. for other authors. Like authors read more than your average reader. And so the more authors we make, better off we're all going to be. Mm-hmm. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about print. So that's something that's come on board recent yeah. times like mm-hmm. how does you that were work? in beta for a while eh, i think weren't you yeah we had a very long beta because print mm. is complicated <laughs> way more complicated than ebooks um but it's been great and our sales have been it's been one of the strong strongest growing um parts of our business and just trying to make print books easy because I, i'm sure many of you have worked with kindle print and like Ingram Spark. And again, there's kind of a lack of support with print. Each one of them demands a different size cover. Mm-hmm. And that's weird. Like even though it's the same books, there's different specifications and dimensions. Um, early on, like in t- 2013 to 2014, we worked with Create Space for a bit. And where authors tended to stop on print was um being able to provide that special cover you need because instead of you know just having a flat like rectangular ebook type image you would need this uh cover that would wrap around the spine and so it would be, have both the front cover the back cover and the spine and there's a very specific way you have to do the isbn or not the isbn i'm sorry the barcode mm-hmm. it's all very complicated uh, it ends up just being something most authors will pay a cover designer to do but they also join charging you quite a bit to do that. Mm-hmm. So kind of the thing we tackled with ours that I think really differentiates it um, beyond just having actual support is we made a cover creator that takes your ebook cover and we look into do- dominant colors within that cover and we stretch around a cover for you. And then, you know, you've got some, you can customize it a bit, but generally it's going to be on the spine. You're going to have the title of the book. Then on the back, we'll use whatever description or blurb you gave us. And then you can put an author photo down at the bottom. And then we're going to generate the barcode for you. And so making that very, very simple. Because we looked at our books and we saw that many of them just did not have print books available. And Mm there's still print is still the biggest uh, format out there. And so it's just something we felt like a lot of authors were leaving money on the table if they weren't in print. just in general, we wanted to get that done. We've got a lot of big plans where we want to add in some different options like uh, hardback and um, large format, uh, like the, you know, for older readers still want to read print, uh, but don't necessarily want to wear their glasses, or maybe they just need it even with their glasses. So I'm putting my hand up for that. <laughs> well, because I'm like that. <laughs> I, I I've been reading ebooks now for probably 10 years and I picked up a, a regular book the other day and I was like, Oh crap, I might need glasses now. Like, cause I'm just <laughs> yeah. used to on my phone. I can just like make yeah, the font bigger like a, and bigger and yeah. just, 
Yeah. Do you do you ever do that thing where you're on something that's not something that can be expanded and you try and expand <laughs> it? <laughs> Very frustrating. Very frustrating. All the time. I I will like click on a word in a like a print word to try to define it. <laughs> uh, I frequently touch the screen of my MacBook because I'm used yes. to have an iPad as well. Yeah. And I forget yeah. not touch yeah. screen. What's going on? I just am amazed because some of the older print books I love, I can't read now. They're, they're that small and, and I'm, yeah, it's you know, true. You know, those ones that those originals that you yeah. got years ago that started you the love of what you do, and oh my, I can't read them. Yeah, yeah, like oh, yeah, exactly. Everybody and of just, the 80s clearly had good eyesight, right? And I refuse to do what my father does and use a magnifying glass, I'm just not <laughs> ready to go there yet. But you'd actually do that when you go into a bookstore these days, don't you? You open up the book and you go. Mm, no, really. <laughs> I don't think I yeah. can do that. Yeah, oh, no. So, oh, and, and where do the print books get distributed to? Is it? Are there any other different platforms that people can access? It, it is through the the Ingram network, and so everywhere their books go, which is practically the whole planet. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, they are kind of the the big wig behind distributing print, and so it's the same network as they have. Okay. So you don't actually need to use Ingram Spark now. You can just use no. Basically, like if you're already on Ingram Spark, you're going to reach the same place as you would with Drafted Digital. Um, if you're with Drafted Digital, there's no reason to use like Ingram Spark or anywhere. You're going to have the same reach. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And can the um, the print book that you make on Draft Digital can that be used everywhere? I'm assuming you can't use it on Amazon. I'm assuming you can't download it. Um, the art, the PDF file that we generate. So that's going to be like the, the sort of file you have for print can be used everywhere. We don't, uh, have a way for people to, to download the cover we generate yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's print. Everyone's asked all their questions about yeah. print. So now I'd like to. Oh, I have one more question about oh, print. Yes, yes. Go. Will draft a digital be, um, taking down the or lessening the time between changes that you can make in print because I believe at the moment it's still 90 days after you first publish a print book I think we will we've been looking the the market is kind of changing a little bit and so mm-hmm. everyone in the market's kind of easing up a little bit on that mm-hmm. um there it's a little there's a little bit of sadly it, the print market the infrastructure isn't as robust as the ebook mm-hmm. so when a change is made it's got to be sent out to several places and yes. some of them take longer to yeah. process than others and so really what's trying to solve is just people not making changes all the time yeah. um and then ordering a book and then wanting a refund because it hadn't had time to process mm-hmm. uh, so i i imagine as the print market gets better we'll be able to lower that Mm-hmm. Um, we are, I think this week we'll be making a, a pretty big announcement about changing some of the ways we do print proofs and author copies that will reduce some of the costs to authors. And so we're pretty excited about that. Oh, that sounds fantastic. I think the only thing that, that, um, myself, I can only speak for myself, I guess, is, um, when you put up a new book and somebody picks up something that you, that your beta readers, your editors didn't pick up and you don't and you hate the thought of it being out there on mass mm. and you'd really like to change it and you're like well i just can't write well you can can't you, you can pay extra to mm. to expedite yeah. that yeah. Mm. yeah well let's face it we can uh, it. and and that's something where we don't make any extra money off that no. like that's an actual fee that we are charged to make those changes after yeah. a certain point yeah mm. And we all know that after 10 edits, you'll open the page once it's printed and the first thing you see anyway, is mistake, right? yeah. I mean, it's just Murphy's yeah. Law. That's just yeah. <laughs> the way. Crazy how that works. No, no matter yes, how many eyeballs saw it, you can't. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Just, <laughs> if the story's yeah. good enough, people won't even notice. Right. <laughs> yes, because you wouldn't notice, right? Shut but up. There's, <laughs> always, there's always that one reader that will. Oh, my gosh. And that email you get that, did you know it on page, da 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 line sign yeah. five, five <laughs> letters in that you've got an issue with a comma. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. 
That's what we love about them. <laughs> love your readers, Wendy. Repeat after <laughs> me. I love you. Love your readers. Um, just a quick question on print covers. So you don't have to use a drafted digital one. You can put your own one in, right? I'm, I yeah. might have missed that. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can bring your own covers. You can bring your own PDF files for the interior design. Uh, all of that with support. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. So let's move on to audio. So, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. so you guys have had uh, an arrangement with. Do you still have the arrangement with Findaway? Am I right about? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah. We we kind of um, you know we thought about getting into audiobook distribution, but we found uh, Findaway Voices kind of back in. Well, it was before the pandemic. I don't remember exactly what year anymore. Uh, <laughs> no, they kind of had already pre-pandemic yeah, after pandemic. Yeah. They had already kind of set up all the different. You know, you can think of Find Away Voices in the same way. They're like the audio version of Draft to Digital. They had already done kind of all the agreements to make wide audio, and so working with them, we generally generate you know send people to them if they want to distribute their audio. Um, which kind of been most of our involvement in the audio space for a long time. Uh, however, we did start working with Apple a few years ago on their digital narration project. And so what they have done is they have paid some narrators to sample their voices, kind of like the way they did with Siri. And they can use that with their technology. And right now they are uh, will produce a free audiobook um, for it. It's not for all genres. They they support right now romance, uh, mysteries, thrillers, science fiction, fantasy, and limited like a, some nonfiction. Um, but they are working on getting into more and more different genres, um, and so that's kind of a free option that can give you a digital version of your book. Um, it's definitely the best of the different. Um, you know, I think it sounds better than the ones generated by Google Play by quite a bit. Um, it doesn't have the same sort of tool set that Google Play has to go in and, and edit things. Um, but I think their software definitely does a better job of getting things mostly right to begin with. And it actually even has like some emotion to it. So it's not read very flat. Like it infers when, you know, if someone's angry, it infers like if, if you've chosen to go with the female narrator and it's a male uh, character talking, it can lower you know have the the female narrator talk in a lower uh, range kind of like a, a human narrator would do presented with that um and so it's just a really neat technology um they do restrict it as far as retail to only selling on the apple bookstore but they are opening it up to um for us to offer for it to be sold to library systems and so it's something we're excited about and i kind of like to think about it yeah, you know, I'm a big fan of human narrated books. I think there's enough room in the market for there to be like a lower price point digitally narrated version and a higher price point um, human narrated version. The same way that we have paperbacks and hardbacks, mm -hmm. I think there are some people that want the absolute best version of a format, and a human narrated will always be that way. But there are people, you know, while for fit. For fiction, I would probably buy a human narrated version of something. Or like nonfiction, I don't really care. Like I just want the information. And so, but I do like audiobooks and they let me multitask. And so most of these uh audiobooks that are going up are between like 99 cents and 7.99. So a much better deal for the readers. Um, and so I, I think that will expand the audiobook market. And then, you know, I, I've encouraged the authors we have that are using it to invest some of that money that they make into it, like saving up for a human narrator. Oh. I think it definitely kind of proves that there's a market you know, for people that aren't sure if this particular book will work in audio. It's a way to kind of test the waters without spending. You know, your average audio book is going to be somewhere around two to three thousand US to produce. Uh, which some people just don't have to spend. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, and especially not starting out. No, and it's tough yeah. to get, you know, like I I do reasonably well with my book sales and stuff like that, but I've never been able to get my audios to pay that pay out, you know, and I don't know if that's because we're in New Zealand or what, but, um, you know, whether it's the library, people getting them through the libraries or whatever, but it, it is quite hard uh, to get you to pay out when you have to pay a lot for a narrator. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. But I also think it's expanding the market out. Like if you've got an audiobook mm. that's 99 cents, that's Mm. affordable versus that, you know, you have to, the audiobooks that have been done by a human narrator are way more expensive in general. And Mm. it's, it excludes some people. So yes, exactly. Just like we were talking before about people going to libraries. Well, if Apple's going to put these into libraries, then that's more people that that are going to read it and and have the opportunity to read it, you know, Mm -hmm. from a reader's perspective. Yeah. Mm. I've got a couple in, um, in Apple, um, for, uh, one of my cozy mystery series. It is a uh, paranormal, and um, it reads okay. I'm, you know, I'm not going to rave about it. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not convinced that I'll go there with all my series, but uh, I think for this one, it does the job. And uh, mm. you know, the jury's still out. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's early days, right? If you don't try stuff, you, you don't know. And yeah. we're living proof of that. And Cher is our early adopter. So she's always <laughs> on all this stuff. We throw her, she's one of the ones we throw in first. Like if we go to a party and there's people <laughs> we who know, she does lions. Yeah. She goes in before us. She's sort Think of like, yeah. yeah. So. It's, I think it's something that we all have to consider because now Apple has their version. Google Play has their version. Amazon has just opened the beta for their version. So yeah. these products aren't going away. Um, the technology is getting better and better. Um, so, yeah, I, I think with everything, there's going to be room for people are going to want human crafted experiences because mm-hmm. there's a way that we connect to that. Um, but I think there's room for all these different products. Mm-hmm. So if you've got one on Google Play, one on on um, all the difference, do you have? So you can't get the same one across multiple platforms. The same. So you, you say you do it through you got through Apple and get the um that narration done. You can't put that same narration up in other places. It's like you would have a separate one on all those three different places. Well, if you were yeah, although there was, digital, there's been a new announcement or something that changed just recently where Findaway started accepting uh, the Google Play uh, AI generated uh, voices. And so you can generate like if you, if you use Google Play software to make an audiobook, uh, you can download that and upload it to find a way and get to most places. Uh, I, I don't think they can send it to Audible yet, but you can get it into the Apple Bookstore, uh, Barnes and Noble, and a couple other different. Oh, and Kobo. Mm-hmm. You can also upload directly to Kobo if you have an audiobook. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't know that. Okay, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Yeah. It's a changing world. Yeah. So many things, right? Yeah. I think yeah. that's what mm-hmm. I love about draft to digital because it is overwhelming for, for a lot of authors and being able to mm-hmm. just go to one place, mm-hmm. you know, is massive. Well, especially when you're having to look at, you know, um, upscaling your blurbs and things like that, you know, mm-hmm. you have to do it everywhere. It's just a pain. Mm-hmm. But yeah. One and like you say, there's enough Changing prices. Yeah. 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 Oh. <laughs> yeah, think about that's it. what I love about that promotion ta- tab because you know you just lock it in and forget about it and you don't have to, you know like when you change your price on Amazon you have to remember to go back in and change it unless you're in KU and mm. how many times <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> um, so, so have you got any of your what, what are some of the most commonly used I, I don't actually I'm not going to go there because we've kind of talked about a lot of stuff what are, are there any um tools at draft digital that people don't commonly use that you think are underutilized like things that you think that people should give a go or use more of we're definitely big fans of pre-orders and we, we think that there's still a lot of authors that just have been scared to do pre-orders or don't think about doing it but a lot of the retailers have different promotional opportunities just separately for pre-orders. And so when we've ran into numbers, authors that had do pre-orders regularly far out sailed the authors that don't. And I, I think maybe some of the fear people have is because Amazon used to be very restrictive on pre-orders. Uh, I think they still are, honestly. All of the wide retailers are very flexible if you need to change. Like if you set up a pre-order and then for whatever reason, you're just not going to make that deadline. There's really no hard penalty for that. You know, if you're changing, if you've got a pre-order set up and you change it every week and push it out a week, then they'll get a little bit angry about that. But yeah, if, if you, you know, life happens sometimes. So if you need to move a pre-order back a month or two or even cancel a pre-order, they'll let you do that. 
And so I, I think many, many people are missing out on a lot of opportunity um, because, you know, I know Apple, Coba, and Barnes & Noble all have promotions that are only for pre-orders. And so that's something you can get into. Uh, Apple lets the pre-orders rank separately and so they can show up in bestseller lists. But then on the day of release, it gets the full ranking juice. And so it can go way, way up on uh, in their ranking. And so especially for Apple, I think everyone should be doing pre-orders. I think the other tool that people don't realize that we have is we have an automated in matter tool. And so keeping, you know, as you're, especially as your catalog grows and you're adding new books, making sure at the back of your book to have a link to all the other books on that platform can be a huge undertaking and we can automate that for you. And so when you upload a new book, we will go back and automate, or once we get the link for the new book, we'll go ahead and add that to the links at the back of all your old books. And we'll make sure we send it to each retailer with um, specific links to them. And so the Apple version has Apple links, the Barnes and Noble version has Barnes and Noble links. And that's the way the retailers you know, like to have those links to begin with. And so it just makes it really simple for authors rather than, you know, trying to direct someone to like your website, which then is like a two or three click process for them to get back to wherever uh, they are. Some authors just don't have links at the back of their books, but they should, because you know, there's no better moment to capture your reader. Yeah, they're going to be most in love with your book the moment they finish the first one. And so having a link to the next one is just huge. Mm. And also with the um, getting back to the pre-orders, um, when you take your book wide, or even if you start off going wide, I personally, when I took my books out of KU, I noticed that as soon as I started using the pre-order, I got more visibility and more sales on the wide platforms than I had previously without doing it. So mm-hmm. I, I attest to that. <laughs> so is that when you're talking yeah. about the, the links of the different retailers, is that better than using the, the um, I feel like I've got the books to read links in there now in the back of my wide books on draft to digital. You, is it? You, you can. Yeah. Like if you want to provide your own links, you can use books to read, or there's a couple of other things you can do. Um, in the case of if you're doing the books to read links, though, you're having to go back and add, you're, you're manually having to go back and do your older stuff. And the way we do it, we're just automatically updating everything as we have the appropriate link. And so, you know, especially if you've got like 10 or 15 books, that can save you hours of admin work. Mm. <laughs> but then you have to a lot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so any other, any other areas that you think people should use more of? Yeah, I, I I will say, you know, we've already talked about promotions, but I think it's really good with the white platforms to take part in every promotion you're eligible for, or at least apply for it. I'm also big on applying for like BookBub feature deals every time you're eligible. I think those are some of the the tools and the wide uh, skill set that are a little bit different maybe than Amazon is for people. But they're the ways to keep getting visibility on new platforms. And that's the way to just keep growing and growing on wide because it's just a little bit different. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing like the Amazon ads that you can directly really fire up your visibility at a particular retailer. You can use things like Facebook ads, but, you know, those are often difficult to make the, um, the ROI make sense if you're directing them, you know, specifically to one retailer. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so we've had Erin Wright on the podcast and she talks about mm-hmm. being wide um, and one of the things she says is that uh, Amazon rewards newness and all the other wide platforms reward longevity is that something you see as well like in your um, from draft to digital yeah end? yeah yeah a whole lot of the retailers are very cagey about talking about their algorithms but we, we do know from like some like Kobo has said that their rankings are a mix of current velocity, like how, how much a book is moving mixed with like an average of how much it's moved over several years. And so there is, I, I think you'll find, especially why I recommend things like BookBub and other email blast services is things are just so much more sticky on the other retailers than they are at Amazon. And so. Amazon really is just rewarding churn. And then they're also rewarding spending more money on their ads platform. 
mm. uh, and trying to eliminate any outside influence because they just want more and more of your money as they squeeze out, squeeze out more of the margin. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So just mm. quickly, I want to ask, you mentioned the promotions newsletter. Is, how do people get onto that? Is that something? You can write into our customer support team uh, and they can add you to that. We also uh, participate in Aaron Wright's uh, group on Facebook, Wide for the Win. Um, and so we have our promotions uh, lead, Megan, uh, posts, and uh, Mark LeFave also posts about uh, promotions that are going on just in case people don't see the email because uh, we know you all get a lot of emails. And so sometimes it's easy to you know, miss something. Yeah. And so we generally post about any upcoming promotions in that Facebook group as well. That's cool. Um, and we're coming up to the end of the interview, but what I want to know um, just quickly before we go, like you've been in the industry a long while now or in industry terms, 10 years, it's like you're practically 100 years old. Um, it's, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I feel like 110. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, are there are there any sort of I don't know recent changes or things that, that are happening in the industry that you think you know our listeners need to be aware of or would love to be aware of? I just got back from Dublin at the Author Sustainability Conference, and it was his first year as a conference. But I think I think that some of some of those factors we've been talking about, like rewarding newness and chasing algorithms and everything i i think authors are starting to get burnt out and so i think there's more of a focus on that and, and stuff that we need to be talking about and just figuring out how to be you know okay with ourselves and setting realistic goals um i think some of the terminology that people are starting to use in the conference uh, space is stuff like you know you can really think of the 2010s as the gold rush for indie authors and Sadly, you're just because of the way the market has changed, you're going to have to work harder to get the same level of success. And that's very frustrating. And, mm -hmm. and so kind of getting in the right headspace and thinking of it as a business and not just as an artist, uh, I think is very important. And I think there's a lot of uh, authors sharing positive messages. Uh, I, I always am a big fan of like Becca Syme and all the work she's doing in the industry. And so I recommend people checking out her books and courses. Um, just, I, I think that's something that's going on. I'm hearing more and more people um, working harder and feeling some frustration with that. And, you know, I, I want to see authors stick around for a very long time. The other thing I'm seeing, and I think it also corresponds to this thing is direct sales. There's just so much talk around direct sales. Um, yeah, five, 10 years ago, there was not the, the sort of tool sets you need to support that. Nowadays, it, it's pretty good. And I, I think, especially for authors that are already wide, um, looking into direct sales is something that could be a really good uh, uh, thing to grow your business and grow your connection to your readers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fair enough. We see that. That's exactly. Yeah, I would say those awesome. are two exactly things. Great words. Yeah, we see yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely, um, the mindset thing's I, changing. Yeah, people are yeah. not chasing. I'm, I'm heading definitely. I, I'm heading to New Orleans for uh, Monica Lianel and, and Russell Noerdy are running a, a mastermind called the Future of Publishing, and so I'm really interested. That, that's coming up in a few weeks for me, and so I'm really interested to see what all we're discussing. That I think it's going to be a lot of these things that we're talking about now, and um, mm -hmm. you're trying to predict where things are going to be because I think. While the gold rush was very exciting, I think as an industry matures and we have all the tools available, I think it's much easier to build a sustainable business. Yeah. And it's not so much of a lottery, although I do think any creative industry is ultimately a lottery. And so I, I think now we're kind of moving to where there can be a little bit more stability. And you know, if, if you're deliberative about what you're doing and what you're pursuing and not you know, killing yourself, chasing after every little thing that might help. Uh, I, I think our businesses would get more stable and better. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah. Mm, awesome word. It's so yeah. true. Very, very wise. Mm. Yes. Very wise, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> All those 150 years you've been in the business is showing. <laughs> I, I think next time I want to hear, I'll have like a fully white beard. Call <laughs> <laughs> you Gandalf. Yeah. 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 <laughs> awesome. awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast today. We've really appreciated it. 
Um, and so what is the best place for people to find out more about draft to digital or to contact you if you're allowed to? <laughs> yeah, we are all over the place. Um, draft to digital, like you can find us on Facebook at draft to digital. Um, we have the self publishing insiders, uh, podcast. So if you're into podcasts, uh, something we've been doing now for several years, um, We've got, we're on YouTube uh, and uh, it's just a drop to digital YouTube channel. Uh, you can always reach out for our support at support at draftdigital.com. Uh, you can find me on most platforms at Dan Wood OK, uh, where the OK is for Oklahoma, where I live. Uh, no, I'm not okay. Dan. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's like a, a million Dan Woods. And so I never yeah. get Dan Wood as my yeah. uh, user yeah. handle. So. That went the official Dan Wood. Yeah, yeah. 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 the original. The original Dan Wood. I'm G E Dan Wood. He was renaming. Let the man race woman. <laughs> yeah. The the the, the veteran. <laughs> the veteran, yeah. See? The veteran <laughs> Dan Wood. You've got yeah. it. Yeah, brilliant. Anyway. Anywho, uh, where can we be found? Who wants we to can say? be found at com for all our previous episodes. We can be found at Patreon at Spargirls Podcast and we can be found at YouTube on at Spargirls Podcast. Awesome. Nice. All the places. Very efficient, Shah. Um, thank you all to our listeners for listening to another episode of the Spa Girls Podcast. We're very happy to have had you here with us. And thank you to Dan again for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, and we'll thank be back you. again next week. Um, for now, we'll see you. Well, bye. 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 <laughs>